Hi, I'm your co-host, Ken Stone. For Black Entrepreneurs, the secrets to success both in life and in business. This podcast is for the Black entrepreneur, ages 30 to 35. Uh, I started my business when I was at the age of 33, and I, I've been doing it now for such a long time. I want to be able to share some insights and things that I have learned over the time to help you be successful both in business and life. On our last podcast episode, I told you that we weren't going to do everything such as a conventional way. And one of the things I left you with is that I said there was a real uh, uh, album I like by Lauryn Hill. It's called Miseducation of Lauryn Hill. And in that in the album, uh, there's a song, the doo-wop song, and it has a saying. It says, how you going to win if you're not right within? And so I thought, you know, that's where I want to pick up with. How you going to win if you ain't right within? So, okay, that sounds great, Ken, but what are you talking about? Well, I'm talking about overcoming the internal battles that you'll have. I'm talking about dealing with what's your self-limiting beliefs that we have. And we have to address these things as entrepreneurs. And there are a lot of them out there that we have. And so we need to take a look like the fear of failure, of being alone, the fear of money, fear of success or abandonment. So I'm going to ask you to, hey, stay with me a little bit here as I try to unpack this. It's not the the easiest thing to go through, but I think we have to go through this very key concept in order for us to be able to uh, advance. And when you advance, not self-sabotage yourself and go down backwards. And then people will look at you and say, well, you know, so-and-so didn't make it. So therefore, what chance do I have? And the only reason why you didn't make it is because you didn't really understand some of the things that drive you. Here's the problem. If we don't cover this first, we won't have a chance to be successful in business or in life. When we talk about going inside your head, the question is, what are you thinking about? What are some of the things that are going on with you? You want to take this time to try to unpack this whole idea before we go on through. How do we get right within ourselves before we try to uh, tackle on being a successful entrepreneur? And, and even though you can do a business just like anybody can take and do a job, the key element here is what are we going to do in order to make sure that it continues to be successful now so that we don't have this fear of, oh, wow, it's really good for me now, but when is it going to end because it's too good? See, that's also a limiting belief that we have. So we want to take care of all of these things before we go forward. So stay with me. I want to just try to walk us through some of these things. And before we get to the end, you'll have a little bit of homework that you need to do if you're serious about being an entrepreneur and if you're serious about being successful in business, and if you're serious about being successful in life. You know, there have been countless studies uh, that they have now that will tell us that, you know, it's interesting that when you're from the second trimester of your birth all the way to the age of seven, you just download information in society. So the question I would have to you is say, hey, listen, when you, when you have a, a child, how did you become a part of your family? What did they do to, 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 that let you know that, okay, uh, you know, Ken's a part of the, the Stone family? Did they give me gigantic cyclopedias and all that kind of thing for me to, 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 to look at and, and understand that this is how you become part of the Jones, the Smith, the, the Edwards family? What, what did you do there? 
And then we have also, when you go from zero to seven years of age, when things are just downloaded and we don't even, you're, you're a child, you don't understand. So you've taken a lot of things in. And what I'd like to do is take uh, some, some liberty here. I've got two beautiful little grandsons. And the most interesting thing is that when I look at how family environments can impact you. I look at my youngest grandson and, and it's just funny the way he responds because I noticed that he looks at his older brother who is just six. And when they uh, cease, when I come to visit, me and my wife go to visit them, uh, their excitement, there's a little bit of what I call reservation, hold back. They don't really know what to do, so to speak. They do run to us, but then they clam up a little bit, you know, as kids can do. But the most interesting thing is that I noticed that the youngest one is following the exact same script as the oldest one. And I and you look at that and you go, my goodness, it's almost like that that my daughter and my son-in-law tell the kids, this is how you act when you see your, your grandparents or respond to them, well, they always tell them, oh, go hug and kiss your grandparents and those kind of things, and they do. But the initial responses I can tell from uh, at least the baby is that he's following what his, his older brother has done or what he does. And I just find that so interesting when we look at, do you recall or know all the different things that may have impacted you between zero and seven years of age that you just totally downloaded and that was what, you know, a part of your life. Then the next part that we understand is that from age eight on through like the 18 is our environment. What kind of environment have we been in? And I can just tell you a lot of times, and, and listen, I understand everybody has a different environment. So I'm taking broad brushes here. And for the person that if I make uh, mention to somebody that might have a disadvantaged background and yours was more privileged and whatnot, trust me, you've got some things that are probably that, that are there that uh, in your background that may not be, uh, you could say, well, it's because I was disadvantaged, but it still would be a challenge of something that you saw somewhere else in your environment that's holding you back. I never forget one time I was working with a, an individual and it, 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 it really kind of threw me off uh, one second when we were talking and they shared with me, they said, you know, uh, Mr. Stone, I decided that I was going to go on this other side of the track just because I had both father and mother in my home and they tried to raise me right, but I decided that I was going to go on this other side of the track. But after doing a little bit of discovery and talking with them, I understood that there were uh, relatives and people that they had looked up to and liked that were, you know, let's say in the streets, if you will. And so and had a lot of flash and whatnot. And so therefore, uh, she automatically gravitated toward that. And that's where she uh, wanted to live, if you will, her life. However, she was having a very, very tough time trying to what I call grow up and, and be a grown woman because now she had a child, but she was still living with her mother and wanted to be grown, but the mother was mothering her and mothering the child. And it was kind of like one of these crazy catch-22s. And, and, you know, she didn't know that that choice that she took, even though it wasn't necessarily all uh, uh, 
as, as, as she would have us to believe, I just did this. Well, she was influenced and that influence cost her. And now she's trying to work her way out of it. So we're going to talk about several things that go right along that way, but you got to look at your environments. And I'm saying a lot of us had different environments. And a little later on in the podcast, I'll share with you what uh, my environment was and also how it impacted me, uh, you know, as I've grown and come to go, uh, you know, advance, if you will, and how it impact me. Now, just to kind of give you a little example, when I was talking about how does a baby get impacted when he's born, think about these things. And these are just some of the little things we see all the time and they're relative to us. But you remember, like a kid, he goes into, Gary go into a grocery store with his mom and his mom says, boy, I told you, don't ask for nothing when we came in there and, you know, shouts and a little bit at him and berates him a little bit. And she's saying, you can't have this candy or you can't have this pop or you can't have these things. Well, the kid takes it that is like, look, uh, I'm not worthy. Uh, Why can't I have candy? Uh, Something is wrong with me. And the kid doesn't understand that, listen, mom might be saying to you, but you're not knowing, look, I've got limited budget. I got to come in here, get this food, get out of here, and please don't ask me for anything else. That's what it should really be about, but that's not how it comes out. And now they're upset about, oh my God, uh, I don't understand because mom didn't explain it to me that way, but I took it as... I wasn't worthy. I wasn't good enough. And so you find yourselves just uh, in an uproar about something that really shouldn't be anything except to go in the grocery store and come out. But because mom is upset on a limited budget, uh, she screams at them, tells them this or tells them that. And next thing you know, they feel inadequate. Plus, they're embarrassed even as kids to go through this. You know, I would like to say that goes down into your subconscious and believe it or not, it's down in there and it's a part of who you are and you may not even really recognize it. I say it's like this, you you know, you breathe now. Once you started breathing, you breathe automatically. You don't worry about breathing or any of those kinds of things until what? You get a cold. And when you get a cold and you can't breathe, then all of a sudden your ability to breathe becomes to be an issue. But it's like walking. Once you learn to walk, you go on and walk. You don't think about walking. You just walk. That's what our subconsciousness can be about sometimes. They they can really get, you know, work with you. And you don't realize that 95% of the time we're working off of our subconscious tapes that are playing. And who put those tapes in there? How did they get there? Are they still, are, are the tapes that are there, are they really still true? We don't even know. I got another personal example is that I tore my Achilles uh, tendon uh, playing some basketball. I was thought I was 18 and that was probably not a right, a smart thing to do. But nevertheless, I tore my Achilles and I was in a boot for about eight to 10 weeks. And so uh, when you have uh, the boot on, you know, you can walk with a, you know, a gimp and upside down. Listen, no, sidebar. They have what they call shoe levelers now. So if anybody you tear, you you hurt your foot, that you got to be in a, a cast of some sort, you can get a shoe leveler. They have them on Amazon and they will level your feet up so you don't have to have such a bad uh, limp. Now, back to the story. But I have this limp that I've, that I've 
you know, become accustomed walking like Festus. And that's an old Western uh, Marshall Dillon kind of thing. And a lot of you don't even know what that's all about. But he used to run around as a gimpy walker. But after eight to 10 weeks, I'm walking around just as gimpy myself. And I'm trying to figure out what a limp. So when I take the uh, uh, the boot off and I start to walk, guess what I'm still doing? I'm walking with a limp. And now I'm in the third or fourth week and I'm really just now starting to smooth out my walk, but I have to be intentional to learn how to walk correctly again, to get my gait back the, the way I naturally would walk without the way I used to walk with a boot on. It's just amazing how quick those things can happen. What's the point? The point here, it didn't take long for me to subconsciously take on walking with a boot and having a limp. And then that limp, once I took the boot off, I kept walking with the limp. How many things that are in your life that's going on right now, if you really thought about it, you know, that something happened to you when you were a kid, somebody said something to you in school and you've always remembered, somebody said you were ugly. Oh my God. Or, or somebody didn't like me that you really liked or, or, or you didn't have the clothes that somebody else had, or you, you, you name whatever that is that's really in your life that bothers you. And you take a look at that and see, you know, that belief up underneath that, that worthy, I'm not enough or any of those kinds of things, these things can help sabotage you. You didn't have enough. So now when you get something, you're real tight, you're real skinny, you uh, stingy. I'm sorry. You believe in scarcity. You really are uptight. The bottom line is we already have habits and beliefs that we don't know that are already in play in our lives and you don't know it and you just act it out, but we got to figure these things out before we go forward in our lives, just to make sure that when you start to win in life, when you start to have success as a business owner, and you can have it, you know, you can be driven by the desire to start and do your own thing and then start to get that success. And next thing you know, you start doing some really stupid stuff. How many of you know, let's don't look at ourselves. Let's look at a many of friends that we may have had or someone that we know that did just that, started a business or met that, that nice girl or guy in their lives and things were really going well. And then all of a sudden you found them turning around, self-sabotaging. And you got to ask yourself, what's holding them back? You got to ask yourself that. Why am I doing this? Let's just say, for instance, your mom told you a long time ago, you never talk to strangers. So you don't talk to strangers, but then you go out here and you hear these stories about these multi-level marketing businesses, and you want to be on a multi-level marketing business. But the problem is, your mama said, don't talk to strangers. So if you're going to do multi-level marketing, you got to walk up to strangers and say, hi, my name is so-and-so. Can I talk to you about something that da-da-da? Well, if mama said, don't talk to strangers, how are you going to do that? And I've seen a lot of us get into multi-level markets and I only chuckle for the same fact. After we run out of our friends to talk to and most of them can't help you or if they do, it's short-lived and you now got to go beyond just your friends, we fall flat. But you don't have to. You could if you didn't know that that tape inside of you was saying don't talk to strangers is why you can't talk to them, not the fact that you can't do it. You're more than capable to go and talk to somebody. But that doesn't mean that you will. 
just because mama said, don't you, I told you, don't go talk to strangers. And you don't. And that's left you in a, a situation where now you don't talk, you don't succeed. So again, the question that I have, how many of these early learning experiences are going to impact you? That's the question you need to ask yourself. You know, what, what's, what's going on in here? What about your environment? You know, we don't talk about the environment that much. Well, so from zero to seven, let's say everything was great from zero to seven. Well, then now all of a sudden you're going to school and you're in it, you're dealing with other kids and we've got our own set of fears and concerns and things that are going on in our mind and you're going out here. What was that all about? Were, were you the, the, were you the, the star person or, or were you one of the people that things happened to, or you just wanted a bunch, but then people picked on you maybe, or other kind of things that are going on. What was that experience about? Because that learning environment also is a part of who you are, but also it's put little tracks inside of you that you're not, you know, you may not at the time could have been true, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's true now. So you got to ask yourself, you know, Okay, from eight on to 18, what was that life all about? Am I carrying any of that baggage on the inside that I don't know about? And so you got to ask yourself, oh my goodness, could these things be tracking me? Now, let me sell a sidebar uh, before I go on to tell all of my little bit of a story is that my mother was a great, I came up in a single parent home my mom was a great mom. When I think about how what it took for her to raise three kids on her own, uh, I could get emotional about that because that's there's something to that. It really is. I give her all the credit in the world also for letting me be 100% uh, boy, meaning back in the day, we could leave our house and I could be gone all day long. I'm talking about virtually all day long running around in my neighborhood and things could happen to you. But for the most part, it wasn't like that. But I also lived about three blocks from our strip and the strip I'm talking about was a real strip. I lived in a beautiful little wonderful community that was great during the day. But then when night and dust came on, oh my goodness, you heard that song, the freaks come out at night, right? Well, that whole environment changed right over to the top. And then what I would see is that I saw things that probably a kid of my age shouldn't really have seen. Uh, a great community today, dusk, it started to change. At night, the freaks came out. And this was back in the, the uh, late 60s, early 70s, when the first heroin uh, epidemic came through. So I saw real drug dealers, real, real, real drug pushers, the kind that, that drove around in the big Cadillacs and had all the money and I saw real pimps and real whores. I saw whores take tricks down in the alleys and, and do their business and come out with the money. And I, you know, I've seen people shot and alive, but waiting on the ambulance. I've seen people shot and dead and blood running down the street, you know? And so um, it's just, I have friends that on, on a Friday night would be alive and we would play. And by the time I would go to bed, wake up in the morning, they might be dead. They get, you know, I saw domestic violence of all kinds. So what's the point of me really sharing this with you? The point of me sharing this with you is that 
I've got a certain way of looking at life. And that life was based upon the fact that, listen, a lot of people didn't make it. They went to prison and it was a hustle lifestyle. And so in me, there were some hustle-like lifestyle tendencies about how I might act and, and how I might want to, I want to win. And I don't want to be a loser because you can see what happens to the losers for sure. But then there's also some things in there that you didn't see things really completed all the way to the end. Now, let me say again, sidebar, I had a job all the time. I worked all the time, but like everybody else, the lure of streets and seeing what people did out in the streets, how they acted and what they did, that was very exciting to me and uh, very exciting to others. But I had a lot of friends went to prison and I realized very quickly, prison ain't no joke. You know, it ain't a play thing. You know, you, you, you want to run around here and act like you're all big and bad, but you go to prison, they'll show you something altogether different. But enough about me. What I want you to do over the next week or so, as you have listened to this, to think about it, think about your childhood and the environment that you grew up in and what, how, how it impacted you and what kind of beliefs do you have inside of you and why do you believe what you believe? Because some of that might be good, but a lot of it, I guarantee you, is probably not because it was done when you were a child or in your young teens which is a whole nother story about where you are. So think about those past experiences. See what the beliefs are, the attitudes that you have, and what impact that they've had on you. Because we're going to get into these beliefs, the fear of failure, the fear of success, scared of being alone, nobody liking me, and how words play a part of what we think. Let's say this. It doesn't mean that if you discover these things, we want to talk about how to fix them so we can fix it and you can move on. What we want to do is make sure we get right within so we can be successful all the way through. So the battles and the, 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 the wars that you will go through just being an entrepreneur and living life, let that be enough. Not let us walk through the life and do all of that and then all of a sudden find a way to work against ourselves and not even really know. These are the ways that we can get ahead of the game where we can be successful, where we can win by being right within. Stay tuned for our next pod episode. We're gonna talk about what words can really mean.